Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And welcome once again to the H&J podcast. Weekly. Now, now weekly, of course. <laughs> now weekly. Was daily, now weekly. But we've got some good stuff for you this week. Oh, yeah, what do we got? Well, it's us, basically. Yeah, I don't remember any of it. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's not a good sign, is it? But no, I think we've we, we've, we've chatted about all sorts this week, and that we will have, be reflected yeah. over the next fifty yeah. odd minutes, I would imagine. Yes. Um, we will also uh, hear from John Colshaw, the fine impressionist. Very good. Yeah, he's very amusing. Who uh, went through the repertoire? He's on tour at the moment. He popped in the source. Yeah. Some sporting, some otherwise. Yeah, yeah. But should we just go on with it? Just what, what is let him listen back. I don't know what's in it. Well, all sorts is in it. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know, I don't want to go into debt. What's the point of listening? If I say that now, you won't bother. <laughs> we could reflect on it, you know, all right, afterwards. We'll okay, here we go then. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everyone. And uh, first, thanks to our host, Chris Davis. Yeah. Uh, formerly of the Telegraph, of course, the football writers. Uh, yeah. Sat on his table as usual. We did fun, wasn't Good it? night, really, saw a few of the old good. faces there. Jonathan Pierce on fine form yeah. and uh, Terry Chris Alderton. had a good chat with Chris Powell, yeah. Southend manager. He was he was he's, in good nick. I, I sat next to Mike Calvin, which was very entertaining. Yeah, yeah, he's a very yeah. interesting. Man, chat so with, that was uh, good. Talked a bit of uh, NFL with David Tosler, who was with us, and uh, all that sort of stuff. It was, it was good, all happening. Yeah. But uh, I didn't know that uh, Tiny. I don't know his last name. Tiny from yeah. Barclays. Yeah. He came over. He's a lovely man. He's good to see him looking well. And uh, he, but he, so cool. Tiny, of course, so cool because he's about six foot well, seven. That's what that's I was going to say. You get nicknames like yeah, that. Yeah, the you? ironic nickname is a fascinating. I was thinking about it afterwards because he is about six foot seven. He's yeah. massive, and people go, "All right, tiny." Yeah. But no one ever calls small people like me big. There's Big Andy. I'm going to call myself Big Andy. Should we start now. calling you Big Andy call Jacobs? Me big. <clears throat> okay, <laughs> listen. Not big. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. the film with Tom Hanks in it. Oi, big. That Perry Gross like probably that. doesn't like. <laughs> but uh, it's about a kid who's an adult. You can strip every film down like that. I was very impressed with. Uh, if you missed Jim, mm. though, he caught the end of Jim. The, uh, Perry. Uh, they were talking about their favourite films. Mm. And uh, Glen Gary, Glen Ross, you know, sort of adaptation of a David Mamet play. Thinking, oh, yeah. Well, that, well, we used to sit in the Arsenal dressing room <laughs> discussing all that. Did they? Yeah, I'm off to see Speed the Plough tonight. Glen Gary, um, Glen Hoddle. Yeah, that that's well, that's more like it. Come on, let's have your David Mamet <laughs> spot, and let's not do that. Eh? <laughs> and um, yeah. I, yeah, so we, we, we saw Mike Riley having a drink, uh, head of referee supremo. Yeah, we. Well, I don't know if he was having a dream, maybe having a diet coke or something. Yeah. I don't know if he, I, you know. 
he, he had a very strange pose, didn't he? He had his hand down the back of his trousers. Well, he didn't. I, I, I'm not quite... sure about it. I think he was, just, he was just hitching up the back of it. You can't do anything, can you? <laughs> Poor old Mike Riley. He's probably sitting there this afternoon, yeah. not realising he's been papped by our producer. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and he was going to go and have a word about Lee Mason, so oh, we had well to hold done. him back. I know, honestly. Good job we'd only had can one drink. I believe the FA? Honestly, it's so funny, isn't it? They've charged <laughs> the FA. Uh, they've charged Chelsea for yeah. surrounding uh, Lee Mason. Mm. And never mind charging. They should charge Lee Mason. Honestly, what? what? He did everything. Charge Lee Mason with being surrounded by Chelsea <laughs> no, players. No, being ineptitude. I'm afraid. Okay. And he did everything to wind the players up in that first Not half. Deliberately, he, I'm, I'm thinking. But he did. Yeah. Not deliberately, but he still did it. And then, <laughs> basically, he allowed the oh, time. I always the refs fault. No, with Chelsea, no, but he allowed it? the time waste. Well, he allowed it. When did the then, death threats start? No, and... no, no. And then William goes to take that corner. And he, he, he sees William going across to take the corner. Yeah. He lets him get all the way to the ball. And then, with brilliant comic yeah. timing, he then blows the whistle. That's never and then good. the players, obviously, yeah. were wound up by him. Sort of had a game saying, What are you doing, ref, and everything? And now they've got a charge. It's unbelievable. They'd probably call that a Clive Thomas. He's probably said to the fourth official, I thought that would be a laugh. Let's do a Clive Thomas. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Nothing riding on it. Let's do a Clive Thomas. Yeah. And uh, you were fascinated. Looking up, by kids, you know that heck I'm talking about Clive Thomas. Like I always, Brazil. I always keep a, a pair of tweezers on me. You seem quite in, intrigued. Yeah, you by keep that. you. This Andy walks around now. How many people do you? Know, how many men do you know who walk around with these two items in their pockets at all times? Yes. A pair of tweezers yeah, for stray ear hair. Stray ear hair, stray nose hair. I don't like it. I mean, somebody there last night did have a bushel of ear hair in yeah, both. So I'm surprised I could ears. hear anything. I know. It's a sensation. I felt like lending them my tweezers. Yeah. But they were beyond oh, yeah, tweezers. At least you could have lent him your, 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 your beats, maybe, just to cover them up. <laughs> um, yeah. <clears throat> That's a thought, wasn't it? That's just put idea. these on. <laughs> nearly said his name then. Put these on. <laughs> so anyway, where was I? Um... What are we talking about? Chelsea, ear hair. Ear, ear hair. That's right. Tweezers. Arthur Earhair, the old Burnley player. <laughs> yeah, what a player he was. Um, tweezers, yeah. So tweezers, he carries yeah. around um, tweezers and uh, a makeup uh, thing, just in case he's on telly. <laughs> it's not just in case I'm on telly. So he, if he's got a bit of sheen, he can put a dab a bit of the old, what's it called, that stuff, like foundation stuff, a bit of makeup on. So he can yeah. take the sheen off his face. I I've am never very. Known, you're not a very shiny. Oh, I'm person. very shiny. You're not a shiny. I'm massively person. shiny. So, honestly, I mean, you can, if you I'm out with you like in the a sun, mirror, I, I, I'm looking at our producer now. Have you ever noticed any glare off his forehead? Well, to be none, honest, the none a whatsoever. Bit, he produces a bit of a shine. He's got a bit of a forehead oh, yeah, go on, shiner. Have a pop at him. Well, why don't you lend him your makeup then? <laughs> I will. He can put it but on. he's young, so he hasn't got ear hair at the moment. But if so, I'm the man oh. with the pink tweezers. They're there. Pink tweezers. Well, look at them. Oh, they are, they're excellent. What'd you get? You get them in a cracker or something? Tweezer Man. Barbie called, cracker. They are for men. They're called Tweezer Man. Tweezer Man. Yeah. <laughs> Hawksby and Jacobs Weekly from Talk Sport. <laughs> now, listeners will be aware that throughout this season, Andy has been trying to master one or two of the uh, Premier League managers impression wise uh, David uh, mm. Wagner and uh, also Sean Dyche, especially. And the, your system of listening to Match of the Day, hearing their post match press comments, yeah. and then just sort of parrot fashion saying what they say. <laughs> it's not too good, really. It, it's not been great, really, but we've enjoyed watching it all fall apart. <laughs> so we've got a professional in yes, with us today. It's so a welcome return to the studio for impressionist John Carshaw. Good to see you, John. It is great to see you again. I mean, yes. the techniques, we said Andy's technique of, of 
listening to the interview on Match of the Day and then just saying back what they've said. Is it, what's your system of perfecting a new one? I suppose it is listening a lot to the source material, isn't it? Yeah, lots of listening, lots and lots of listening. Just really download it into your brain as much as you can and then know when to leave it. Leave your subconscious to sort of work it out. For Are you yourself? looking for a sort of verbal tick or sort of something that... You know, to hang it on. Hang it on yeah, yeah, all those things you need to put together your collection of the aspects of people that make them funny and yeah. make them recognisable and that you can stretch for comic effects. So yeah. those are all the little nuggets that you're after. Are yeah. there some that come, I say Andy's impressions all roughly basically come from a, if, if it's a pizza, the cheese and tomato base like John Arlott, it all comes from this slightly <laughs> gruff. So have, have you, are there certain impressions that have all got the sort of same base? Voices, you listen to a new voice, you think, I can do that because it's a bit like that. Yes, I think that would certainly get you get you started. Yeah. That there are certain ones that um, voice neighbours we always used to, uh, t- to call it. Right, yeah. Ah. Uh, ones where you just have a fine little tune from one to the other. Um, and it it just gets you there. If you've got to mind, sound like Mr. Kipling. You right. always sound like Mr. Kipling. But Mr. you sound Kipling. like Mr. Kipling, man. You sound like you've got a bit of a cold all the time. <laughs> Are there any you can think of, John, that, that, that kind of morph like that, that are very close together? The, my favourite one of those was, you know, always the former Prime Minister, John Major, uh, make him a little bit more aggressive, and he does go into Michael Caine. <laughs> <laughs> now, you would not think that the two of them might be together. <laughs> no, that's very, <laughs> very they true. Do, they do. Now, yes. adding new ones to the rep, you're on tour, uh, yes. aren't you? And 18-date uh, tour of the UK, um, 6th of May, so uh, you're underway to the oh, to the 28th of November. Yes, Fantastic. exactly. Yes. Um, so we'll, johncoleshaw.com's got all the dates there. So perfecting uh, some, some new ones, I suppose to keep it fresh for you, you must enjoy doing that as well. Yeah, Tony Bellew is a great character. Oh, really? Mm. You know, I've, I've, I've always loved impersonating the boxers. Mm. You know, Frank Bruno was you know, the first one, and you know, I love how he's coming back like a pundit now. You know, Anthony <laughs> Joshua, he went out there like a warrior, and you know, he really proper done a good number on him. Wicked, you know. <laughs> he was wearing a three-piece red Red suit, the other <laughs> yeah, oh, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No one else would want that suit. Uh, but Tony Bellew is, is, you know, he's, he's got that sort of, you know, that determination and that, you know, that very strident way. And he knows how to wind up his opponents, and he knows how to talk in a certain way that just makes it attractive. <laughs> I was at, um, I, I was at a uh, an anniversary for my former school, hmm. and. Tony Bell, you mm. was there as well, so I was asked to interview him on the stage, and he very graciously came on and, and did uh, an interview. But I thought I have to announce him in the Michael Buffer style, ladies oh, and yeah. gentlemen, <laughs> the emeritus champion Tony Bell. And he came on and said, uh, "He said, look, when I hear that voice, you know, usually that gets me ready to fight. So you want to be careful announcing me like that." <laughs> did you do your impression for Tony? I think he didn't mind. Yeah, no, he, he wouldn't. He, do. Didn't no, he was very happy. He's about a good that. man. I think he'd find it. Uh, that yes, thing, though, did. that you mentioned your old school there, and I often think with it, I bet there are people that you do absolutely brilliantly that we've got absolutely no idea who they are, like your old teachers or something like that, yeah. you, that you yes. love doing. There are some, you know, some very uh, interesting, you know, characters, you know. Uh, I don't <laughs> know, even know who this is. This has just <laughs> appeared, you know. Think, uh, is that one of your teachers? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. I like that. Now, um, yeah. Gareth Southgate is current England manager. I mean, it's, I imagine that's quite a difficult one to do, isn't it? I'm just, I'm going to have a study of him now. Yeah. It, you know, ahead of the the World Cup, it'll be, uh, you know, Roy uh, Hodgson certainly gave us, you know, certainly, you know, very recognisable uh, traits to go out and, uh, like that. Mm. Um, I'm, Capello, you did, didn't you, at one point? Yes, I. Uh, it was uh, always uh, <laughs> the. Uh, I think that uh, the. Uh, so uh, yes, I think uh, uh, that would be uh, yes, I uh, yes. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, you do in all in all 350 voices, which is an incredible thing. And uh, one of them is Brian Cox. And uh, you may be interested to know that Brian Cox is not happy at the moment. Is he? He slammed the BBC, oh. this is in the paper today, for cancelling the show Stargazing Live. Wow. Yeah, he said he wasn't happy about it at all. He said, I'm here to do Stargazing Live Australia, which isn't a great deal of use to the UK because the BBC have decided you don't want to watch Stargazing this year. Right. And I profoundly disagree with that decision. That's what <laughs> cool, he said. There we well, are. this is a very important area of science and we need to understand <laughs> our place in the <laughs> clockwork of the universe. And right now it's... It's stargazing season <laughs> in Australia, so we will simply do it there yeah. in a different... Oh, there people with old lovely. voices. Peston has a very... I heard him interview. He really does have an odd voice, an odd way of speaking. You wonder speaking. if he's doing an impression of the people doing impressions of him <laughs> these days, really. Yes, I think you see, you know, obviously the politicians have to be distinctive. <laughs> and so to the news broadcasters, he really does sound as though his voice is on a tape recorder that's not working Properly. <laughs> a voice that has its own Doppler effect. <laughs> and you've added uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg to the, uh, to mm. the list, haven't you? Yes, who's very sort of... Um, if one starts at Brian Sewell... Yeah, <laughs> I can hear that. Yeah, if yeah. One t- and, and then takes away all of the sort of avuncular charm and you're just sort of left with that kind of tone, then I think you're pretty close to, to where he is. <laughs> yeah. I often wonder what sort of... Spitting image puppet Jacob Rees-Mogg would make. I'm yes. not sure you'd have a spitting image mm. puppet. I think you'd simply paint a face on on a little clothes peg. Yeah, <laughs> just have it like that. They may have done water the softy. He'd have a yellow shirt and a big flower. <laughs> yeah. They may have yeah. just gone down that route from the yeah. bean. Exactly, I would imagine. Exactly. Now Jeffrey Boycott. Uh, you probably don't get much of a chance to do him, but I've I've, I've been always I've heard you do Jeffrey before. And quite yes, it, it's one I always uh, I always love listening to uh, to Rory's um, Jeffrey Boycott. Yeah. He's such a great cricket specialist, is Rory and. Um, He's, uh, that's one of the characters he'll always go to first. Now, yeah. it's lazy cricket, is that? That's very <laughs> lazy cricket. Um, and just that sort of directness. You never ever, you never ever tire of that. It sort of reminded me of, of William Hague, who I think would make a very excellent cricket commentator, and perhaps that will be a, a career he will choose in due time. <laughs> didn't you? Uh, didn't you once kind of get through to number ten doing that? And they they kind of bought it, didn't they? Well, yeah, yes, yes. That was um, about twenty years ago now. I just learned the William Hague impression, yeah. and uh, so the idea what what to do with it. So, uh, well, why not call Downing Street? And so I sketched out a little uh, idea of. Uh, I will ask to speak to the Prime Minister and the uh, switchboard will say, no, go away, stop wasting our time. And then I can say, but I'm the leader of the opposition. Am I not important enough? <laughs> and so a very efficient person um, in the uh, in the switchboard area of number 10 answered the phone. And, yes, could I speak to, to Tony, please? It's William Haig. Oh, yes, just a moment. Oh, no. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't meant to happen. The great Mike Yarwood, though, he had a problem, mm. didn't he, with doing women because they would say that Thatcher kind of finished him off because he Really, Steve Nallen uh, basically took yeah, it on, she didn't did, he? Really? Yeah, yeah, he oh, did, yeah, sure. That's that's the received, you know, Margaret mm. Thatcher. Yeah, is yes, it I the th- same with Theresa May? Is it? That's hard for men to do. Well, it's when we, you know, Jan Ravens, who who does her brilliantly. Mm. It, it's wonderful to play opposite that yeah. mm. with characters such as uh, a, a Boris Johnson or a Farage or whoever it may be. Uh, it's it's wonderful to play opposite that but it's interesting with with Mike Yarwood and um, people often suggest that you know was Margaret Thatcher a problem to him it actually sort of um, 
added a new flavour to his show, really, because mm. he brought in Janet Brown to play mm. Margaret Thatcher, <coughs> and that freed him up mm. to play Ronald Reagan and, and Prince Charles and so on. Yeah. But this was around about the time when, you know, comedy was kind of getting its Doc Martin boots on. Mm. We had Rick Mayle, Aid Edmondson, a very different flavour. Yeah, there was a change. Yeah. And I think you just felt that that was his moment to step back a little. And we were talking about people here at uh, Talk Sport and Talk Radio, and uh, you do do Eamon Holmes, don't you? Who's on oh, yes. four, between four and seven. Yeah, that beautiful tone there, every single syllable of that voice, you get your money's worth there. That <laughs> I always say, it's a quarter to eight, this is what you're watching, this is what you're waking up to. It's a quarter to eight. Those, those are the words that get you into that lovely, that lovely, rich Eamon sort of tone there. Is there one that's ever eluded you, John? Is it as you just think, no, I just, I'm not going to really crack it over the years? I think it was David Cameron. Really? Yeah, you know, just sort of generic posh. You know, sometimes that uh, hand gesture there, you, you could do an impersonation mm. of him, but the audience wouldn't really care. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> just get straight on the boys' heads uh, as quickly as. It's interesting. We were just talking earlier on about this rugby league documentary from 1968, and there mm. in the front row at Wembley was Harold Wilson. The, the, yeah. Uh, mm. And, uh, you know, it kind of struck me that those guys seem to be. You had something more to sort of nail it to those those sort of voices. They were very very distinct. The politicians of that era weren't they? And Ted Heath and others. Yes, utterly not uh, along the lines of you know, many politicians now can be rather homogenised, mm. trying to keep very you know sort of sanitised and PC for this very fast moving mm. social media universe, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But uh, that the characterful nature back then. I mean, there are some like that now. Yeah. Boris being being one of them. Yeah. Uh, Farage would be another. There's a few examples like Gove. that. Gove? I mean, would you... Yes. Uh, certainly Michael Gove. Uh, certainly <laughs> Michael Gove, yes. Um, <laughs> if you want to do your own Michael Gove, start off with Ronnie Corbett. Ronnie Corbett. Yeah. <laughs> Take away the charm and lovability until you are left with this very sort of Machiavellian kind of tone. Uh, goovy, goovy, goovy. I, I I bumped into a family and um, they listened to Dead Ringers and they said, oh, you, you do Michael Gove, you do Michael Gove. Mm-hmm. And the father of the family turned around and he looked the image oh, really? of Michael Gove. And he said, well, yes, thank you very much indeed. Uh, now, thanks to those sketches, every time my children leave the house, they say, goovy, 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 love you, Daddy, bye. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jeremy Corbyn, finally, for me, I, that doesn't strike me that it's that distinctive a voice. Is it? Is it sort of... <clears throat> he, he sort of moves up the gears mm. as, as he speaks. The, the earliest part of the interview will be something like this, very a little bit of a scratch at the back of the throat. I say thank you for your continued support. I say thank you for continuing to vote. I say thank you for the music, the songs I'm singing. <laughs> but he, he's getting a bit more interesting now in the sense of, um, you know, the, the sort of hello Glastonbury Corbyn. But it, it was a bit tricky to know what to do with him at first because, yeah. you know, he would sort of suck the life out of your comedy sketch a little bit. <laughs> it's marvellous, isn't it? And of course, Trump, you do uh, brilliantly. We heard that last yeah. time. This is a wonderful station. I am going to buy this station. Trump talks spot. It's going to be fantastic. You guys are fantastic. It's going to be so, so wonderful. Thank you very much for having me. Let's talk about Let's talk about baseball. <laughs> well, John, be, uh, so we can catch you on tour. As we said, you, you're, you are already underway, aren't you? And Edinburgh as well. Quite exciting. Oh, yeah, Edinburgh. Yes. yes. Oh, the, brilliant. Uh, 13th to the 26th of uh, August. Gilded yeah. Balloon uh, Debating Hall in Edinburgh, if you're up there. Uh, 13th to the 26th, as he said, you can catch John on tour. JohnColeshaw.com. With uh, Bill Dare, we should mention. That's all that we oh, should. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Bill, I, I remember from the Beeb when I worked there many years ago. Was Peter Jones? Peter Jones' son, the That's great right. Peter Jones. Of yes, brilliant, really brilliant comedy actor. Billy's his son. Just looking yeah. up Peter Jones this morning, just 
fancied hearing his voice because he was an incredible voice, Peter Jones. I didn't know oh, that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I was asked to be uh, the, the voice of the book in um, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy oh, yeah. live. And that, that wonderful voice of the book that Peter Jones did, The Babelfish is Yellow, and <laughs> just yeah. that beautiful tone. Brilliant. You know, Brilliant. Beautiful tone. Lovely oh, to see you again, John. Thank you for having me. Great to see you. Hawksby and Jacobs Weekly from Talk Sport. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Oh, good afternoon, Paul. And I took away from that game last yeah. night that uh, Chelsea have been linked with the Dharma Traore. Yeah. Just don't go anywhere near Really, no. just don't. He's so frustrating. He's got all the pace yeah. you could possibly want. He must be the quickest player mm. in the top two leagues. He's lightning. He's got the but, pace. He needs the pass. Ah, oh, the decision really. making is just. Yeah. At one point, Alan Hutton who had a brilliant two games. Man marked him the whole time. Mm. He pulled Traore back, and he got a yellow card. I've seen myself. Why bother? Don't bother to foul him. <laughs> just let it, a higher percentage to let him cross yeah. it. It is. We did say this yesterday, and I've seen a fair bit of him, and. He's just one of those players. It was a great moment last night. He did a great run down the right wing, got in a good position. Borough players in the middle, yeah. and he just pings it over everybody's head straight into touch. <laughs> I know, it's brilliant. Must drive you mad. But I think, I, I think when you've got that kind of pace and power, there must be that a coach out there thinks, yeah, I, I can make him better. I can make well, the decision. It's, it's the most Salah thing, Salah thing, isn't it? That yeah. you look at him and think, oh, you know, in four years, time he might be a brilliant player. Well, it's always Salah that. was a better player than I that, think he's a better footballer than yeah, him. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. But he has, you know, it's that, it's the attraction of that pace. It is very attractive to coaches. Is, yeah. uh, Stuart Downing, I was looking at him last night. What a free kick. What a free you're watching kick. it thinking, he won't get that up and down. He's oh, far he's too close. The bar, a lot of big he? men in the wall, didn't they? God, what a great God, free he kick. He smacked the bar, didn't he? And he, mm. he's had a really impressive career. I was looking it up, you know, um, Borough, Villa, Liverpool, West Ham, 35 England caps and everything. So, I was, you know, he has had a really good career. He must be delighted to be back at yeah. Borough. So I was sort of Googling him because I was just interested, you know, I've got a bit, lost, a bit of interest in the game. And then I got very excited when I saw... Uh, very excited for Nigel Botherway. Oh yeah! When I saw Stuart Downing barbel fishing, I was thinking, "Oh, that's good. He must, you know, get him on in, on a Sunday morning." That no, wasn't him. It's a different Stuart it's Downing. This works for Shakespeare, the Rod people. Oh, <laughs> uh, not Stuart. Craig Shakespeare. No, called Stuart Downing. Yeah, and Mike Dean once again. It was a mad decision. What a mad yeah, decision. Honestly, Graham Paul said you. to us on Monday that, you know, we love to have managers having, sorry, referees having press conferences and maybe telling mm. us what they thought and why they made a decision. But I don't think he could explain that, could he? I mean, uh, people keep saying, oh, well, there was covering defenders. A, that doesn't matter. And B, he's only able to cover John Terry because Johnson takes the sting out. <laughs> yeah, Otherwise, it's going to go in. It had to be a red card. Oh, it wouldn't have made August. that much difference. I Probably not. Think, Even but... Tony Pulis said that. Yeah, yeah. But they did have a pretty strong two or three minutes and after all the upset of losing their keeper it could have made a difference we don't know do we now uh, New England bowler Dom Bess uh, of course yeah. uh, David English very very happy because he's the 90th Bunbury another to play, Bunbury yeah. to play for England which is a great achievement for David and a great achievement for Dom himself and uh, he found out he'd been selected uh, in Ikea mm. did you read that yeah I did see that yeah, yeah. he's with the former Lancashire off spinner Flatpak Simmons oh <laughs> come on that's not bad that, that is good that's not if bad, you know your old cricketers yeah you've if you got, don't you really think you've got I haven't got a clue. What, what the heck's he on about? <laughs> yeah, that's very true. So, um, Yeah, well, that's very good, Andy. Have you got anything, <laughs> else? <laughs> you got anything else for us? I probably have. Uh, Something I've noticed yeah. as well towards the end of the season, it's not hmm. necessarily a criticism, it's just, it's just an observation, is that who would you say is the, the, the most high-profile mascot in the Premier League? If you think of a mascot, I mean, is there one... Gunnosaurus. Well, yeah, in terms of kind of, he's been around a long time. He's a bit like Arsene Wenger from sort of longevity. <laughs> Why has stuff. he been replaced? They might, they might do that, I don't know. Uh, Terry the Terrier at, um, 
at Huddersfield. Terry the Terry. He, he's he's always in the shot. You noticed him. He's always there's a goal scorer. <laughs> I have not seen him. Terry's I'm, the. F- I've never heard of him. Terry's the first one. You've never really. I've never it's, seen him. Very hard I've never to heard miss. Of him. I'm, I think once or twice he's been called in by the commercial department. And said we love what you're doing, Terry, but you're a bit busy, mate. Try to be slightly less. He busy. wasn't playing at the bridge, was he? he wasn't lying he's in front of the his goal. Arm round the coach, <laughs> yeah. or he's there cuddling the players, or he's lying on the pitch if he's a bit boring. I, I or, like Terry's a terrier. It's, who's that you're doing there? <laughs> That's very good. But um, I, I mean, he's great, but he's he's very high profile. Wow. Um, and he's I, so I high profile, I've never seen. I hope him. the management want that because I wouldn't want. Terry would be downcast <laughs> after a chat with the chairman. Really, that wouldn't be good. No, it wouldn't, wouldn't be Terry. Either. So he got he got a bit of a telling off. Didn't no, he? no, I, he didn't at all. Oh, no, Don't just... start saying that. <laughs> yeah. They said in your bed, on your rug, dirty boy, bad boy. But, but no, he um, he's just I, every mm. time I see a shot or of, of a goal with Huddersfield players, I expect to see the players. But suddenly there's a seven foot three dog in there as well, and an Huddersfield. Kid. I'll look him up in a minute in the break. Yeah, uh, I love this reaction in the style today too. It's what I call a classic reaction to fake news. So a fake news story comes out. Yeah. There's just nothing to it whatsoever. And then people react to it. So here, here's the star story today. Maurizio Pochettino is ready to snub Chelsea's advances, advances to stay loyal to Tottenham. Yeah. He never wasn't. The Blues want the Argentine. How do you know? Honestly, it's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Nigel Adley, our England correspondent, he's away in the England squad, but he did enjoy it. Flat Pat Simmons. Oh, good. And he, he, what about Harry drilling, he says. <laughs> a very Perfect. small a very small drill, very small <laughs> very bit. Very small bit. That's right. Uh, thank you very much for that, Nigel. Chat well to you done, later. Nigel. Yeah, the England squad. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nigel's our England correspondent. He'll be in the England camp throughout the World Cup. And uh, we'll get the squad for you a little bit later on and uh, bring that to you. And uh, David Moyes not getting a new contract at West Ham. So we'll get Tony's thoughts on that. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I think Everton didn't want Allardyce, but I'm surprised that West Ham didn't want Moyes. I think he's, they both did a decent job, but I just, you just wonder where West Ham are going and what direction they're going to go. Well, really. they want to go in a different direction, as, they, as yeah, you've heard from, as you've heard from one of the Davids. We want to go, in a, preferably up the table. Yeah, so that's the direction be, they want to go. That would be ideal, wouldn't it? Yeah. And uh, Monty Panasar, if you don't know if you're the, of course. I don't think he's, is he playing now, Monty? I don't know if he still probably is still he's playing. He's playing a bit, isn't he? Playing a bit, yeah. But he's in Celebrity MasterChef. Yeah. But they've got him sort of doing a... He's got an egg in his hand, but he's like he's about to bowl it. Have you seen? He's got like a sort of kind of... Has like, he got a mystery way to, to bowl it? <laughs> no, he just bowls the egg the same way. He exactly. bowls the egg the same way, yeah. Um, <laughs> he won't like it did, that. I just sent the gym off air before. Really, Sam Allardyce and David Moyes, in terms of sort of fans, hmm. they're the two least loved managers, aren't they? They come into your club... And, uh, mm. they, you know, they keep you up. You think, oh, God, yeah, them two. They come in, they keep you up, they do the job they're asked to do, and they go, and everybody's getting the champagne out from them. You know, I don't want them there. So, they... they, they, they it's are they partly the football, it's partly the personality. Well, though, I, I think well, they're, I they're different I mean, personalities, aren't they? They're different. We don't know them personally, Andy, do we? No, no, but I mean, you only, you only... know them personally. Of course not, but you're judging them. I'm talking about their persona. I'm talking about... I'm not. I'm talking about... Fans uh, as a body of those clubs that they manage generally, not always. They don't like the football, but do they? That's years. the thing, you know. Yeah. They want to be entertained. I mean, that famous thing: people want to be entertained. Yeah. You know? But you, you know, you wouldn't bank against both of them being back in work in December, doing exactly the same sort of red adair act. Oh no, absolutely, yeah. Listen to the Hawksby and Jacob Show live every Monday to Friday afternoon from one, broadcasting across the UK on DAB Digital Radio, online at Talksport.com or via the Talksport app. 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm just different players and different people have been uh, talking about. Um, Arsene Wenger and experiences mm. and journalists were talking about their experiences and little facts have emerged about Arsene Wenger and things uh, that have happened in his life and the Times told us at the weekend on Saturday uh, apparently on one trip to Beijing Arsene Wenger mm. was asked to uh, have a go at karaoke with Jackie Chan <laughs> really? <laughs> when you were paid to see that but he politely declined I just wonder what they would have sung. In talking of Arsenal, uh, it looks like Josh Kroenke, son of the owner Stan, will yeah. have uh, increased involvement at the club. Some of the club, uh, the Mail on Sunday, suggest they believe that the 38-year-old son, 38 year old son of owner Stan Kroenke will soon be appointed chairman, replacing 78-year-old Sir Chips Keswick. Wow. So Sir Chips has had his chips. I, I find that hard to believe. Well, Really? They're going to replace him, aren't they? Yeah. Well, he's 78. Well, is that, is that through choice? I mean, he's been ousted. Well, I suppose he will be ousted. I wonder if he'll go off and do a bit of karaoke with Jackie Chan. <laughs> I can't see Sir Chips doing that, really, no. can't you? Yeah, amazing. Well, he probably have some honorary position, I'd imagine. Did, um, you, did you see the, the good people at uh, Football Leaks were back at it again the other day, oh, telling yeah. us what everybody mm. earns? I'm sure you would have been delighted after what you said last Wednesday about Alvaro Morata. Yeah. That he got an £830,000 bonus payment after he played in that Huddersfield game oh, last really? week. Really? grand In right. his Chelsea contract, Morata was given the incentive of the additional payout if he started a half of all uh, Blues matches. So for that game which he, in which you said he had a a P for a heart. He got £830,000 for playing what in that tremendous match. value for money from Chelsea's <laughs> point of view. Really wow. sensational. Honestly, the, the only thing about football leagues, obviously the players and, and the game aren't particularly keen, but it's interesting to see the way deals are structured uh, at times. Mm. You know, they are very, very convoluted. And players are expecting all sorts of bonuses for not very much at all. For what most people would think in the real world was just doing your job. Well, that's the thing. I mean, yeah. if you what... turn up to work for six months of the year, if you turn up to work for half of the year, you might have been in a few days or, you, mm. you know, like they'd be injured. And then someone gives you a massive bonus just for turning up. Just for doing half the shows I'm contracted to do. Yeah. It's true. Like, I mean, it's just... It's ridiculous, isn't it? It's bonkers. So anyway, that's modern-day football. Yeah. Um, you see the speaker, John Burke, has been a lot of... Uh, sort of under a lot of pressure, a lot of accusations. Mm. He's all denied them all and everything like that. But now there's... Uh, even more pressure on that he must quit within weeks. And I'm thinking to myself, he's not going to go before Wimbledon. 
He had 16 and a half grand of tickets last year off the BBC. He's not going to Wimbledon. He's not <laughs> going before Wimbledon. You think he likes, he'll stick it out He likes a then. bit of Wimbledon. I think you'll find. Now, did you read any of the um, stuff? Saturday Times magazine had an interview with uh, Rio Ferdinand. Well done to him, of course. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, Bath the winner for his excellent yeah. documentary. Um, but he was brutally honest about his time with England. And it, it was amazing stuff, a real insight into what went wrong. And he basically admitted that the, the infighting, really, amongst the big clubs and the attitudes of some of the big players killed England. Mm. He said uh, the England team, that generation, was killed. It overshadowed things. Uh, one year we'd been fighting Liverpool to win the league. Another year it would be Chelsea. I considered the Premier League to be my title. So I was never going to walk into the England dressing room or the canteen and open up to Frank Lampard, to Ashley mm. Cole, John Terry, Joe Cole at Chelsea... Uh, Stephen Gerrard or Jamie Carragher at Liverpool. I wouldn't open up because of the fear that they would then take something back to their club and use it against us m- to make them better than us. Yeah, so if you sort of yeah. revealed things that had gone on. This or worries me, that worries me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he's right there. Mm. Rio says this, Rio says that. Maybe we can sort of play on that next time we play mm. United. I didn't really want to engage with them in that sense. So it goes back to what everybody thought at the time, that there was just too many kind of cliques and factions uh, in that setup with England at yeah. the time. Yeah. And I think one of the things that Gareth Southgate's been trying to do is to break all that down. But I don't think it's quite as intense as it was. But it's a horrible thought, isn't it? You know, we bought into this whole golden generation thing and we knew we had a really special group of players. And you can only think that mm. those other players that he's mentioned there, you know, because they were big, fierce competitors, probably had the same attitude. And it affected the national team, didn't it? But I mean, you know, does that. I don't quite know what you can do about something like that. Well, I don't think, I think, do what Gareth's doing, which is try and avoid it and try and get a better spirit. You've got to do what Don Revy did, carpet bowls for all the boys. Yeah. No, I think... think Either watching Wayne Rooney's wedding video or carpet bowls. They're the only way you're ever going to win a World Cup again. If if Southgate gets it right psychologically, England can can fulfil themselves and get to the the last eight, that sort of thing. And you never know what happens when you get to that point. If they have the usual problems of boredom and all that stuff, then it's, you know, it won't be any good. Uh, uh, do you see that Karen Brady, some people have been uh, on social media, there's people urging for her to end her son column. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and in a way, I can see what they mean because some of the stuff that she writes is quite staggering. She said here, uh, she's talking about the London Stadium. We've had this some, was on Saturday, wasn't yes, it? Yes, we've had some problems at the London Stadium caused to a degree by the terms of our lease. Oh, yes, not your fault or anything. We're technically, but also by malcontents and keyboard warriors. So, once again, nothing to do with us. Yeah. A satisfying year, then. You think, on what basis? <laughs> You've got a funny idea of what a satisfying year is. Yeah. Brilliant. It's, true. It's, a bit, it's a bit of a shocker. Subscribe to the Hawksby and Jacobs weekly podcast today and get all the highlights of the week delivered direct to you every Thursday. <laughs> Good afternoon, it's Paul Hawksby and Big Andy Jacobs here on TalkSport. He wants to be known as Big Andy from Big now Andy, on, Martin, because uh, we, we met, uh, we know a guy called Tiny and we saw him last night at yeah. the Football Writers and Tiny's about six foot seven, so, yeah. but Andy thinks he wants to be well, called... Well, small people are never called Big. Big yeah. people are always called Tiny, but it's never works yeah, the other true, way actually, Yeah, that's true, actually, yeah. It's sort of British understatement, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. it's satire. It's what passes for it satire. It would still be satire if I was called yeah. Big, because I'm obviously not big. Yeah, of course you would. I mean, if you're in the army... Big man. Now, God, if you're in the army, God help us, but you would be, you would be known as Big Andy, wouldn't you? I would. Yeah, now, before we get on to what you've watched this week, oh, uh, I want to ask you about a programme that's going to appear tomorrow on BBC. It's a documentary, a rugby league documentary, on Don Fox. Do you oh, know wow. about this? Yes, well, I know Don Fox. I know you know the lad. story. Yeah, I know the story of Don Fox. Poor lad, poor lad. He, this was mm-hmm. a uh, Eddie Waring, bit of Eddie Waring commentary in rugby league. He, he, he missed an absolute sitter in yeah, the Challenge yeah. Cup final, didn't he? 
Well, he did miss an absolute scissor, but it was absolutely, it's called the water splash final because yeah. they were playing he on... He couldn't uh, dry the ball, I heard. This is a, no, it was impossible. It was ridiculous yeah. that yeah. it was even played. You know, it was in the days when uh, Wembley used to, you know, they had the horse show scheduled and they'd do the horse show and then you do the rugby league mm. and then they'd say, go and play on that surface. I mean, it was a terrible surface yeah. sometimes. I mean, they always used to say, oh, the smooth grass of Wembley, but it wasn't always. And this was, because he'd been throwing it down for about three days um, and uh, he needed to score it was a two-point conversion. He just needed to score the conversion, mm. and that was it. And uh, he missed it, and it did affect his whole life. I mean, yeah. he did lapse into depression, I believe, wow. after, after that. And uh, he was a member of a famous rugby league family, yeah. uh, Peter Fox and Neil Fox. Neil Fox was a fantastic player. Don Fox, not as good as Neil, I don't think. But uh, I don't know about the documentary. It's a great sound... story to watch. Yeah, and Wakefield Trinity is a brilliant story anyway. You know, I think they're playing tomorrow, aren't they? I think it's Wakefield against Leeds or something like that. Is Pro- possibly it? is. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm it. Now, but I'll tell you what. Just, you are just, rugby just, just very quickly, Jimmy White, Andy Goldstein, tells me, has a pal that is quite large, understatement, he says, and he's called Salad. 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 That's a good <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. Not Mo Salad. No. Cheers, Andy. Um, there we are. So, um, Martin, take it away. Well, I've been very much enjoying watching uh, Stoke and West Brom going down uh, because it's that, you know, only in the... I've nothing against Stoke or West Brom, but just in the sense that it's not West Ham. So, obviously, yeah. I watched the uh, the Stoke-Crystal Palace match. Yeah. Now, as we all know, when a team is relegated, and that confirms Stoke's relegation last did, Saturday, yeah. Saturday lunchtime, when a team's relegated, the money shot, the shot that the cameraman wants is somebody in a deserted stadium near the end uh, in tears. Yeah. That's mm. what they're looking for. Mm. Preferably a grown man. It's yeah. a better shot, isn't it? It's it is, a grown yeah, man yeah. leaning crying. on his girlfriend, that sort of yeah. thing, crying and she's trying to, yeah. red-eyed, yeah. she's trying to console him and all that. Yeah. Um, Did you see the one of me on Wednesday at Chelsea? <laughs> yeah, Andy crying. <laughs> like, yeah, a shot of Andy crying, that's <laughs> what everybody shoulder. wants to see. Yeah, he's so, he's so cute when he cries. <laughs> but, you know, that's the shot they're looking for. And interestingly, it, it, at the at Stoke against Christmas, they couldn't find that shot. No. The camera went around, they couldn't and I think it's because people from the potteries are battle-hardened. You know, yeah. the people from the potteries, you know, they've Josiah Wedgwood. You know, yeah. was the, he there? Uh, he wasn't there actually. <laughs> he couldn't get a ticket. Uh, he, <laughs> no, he, even Josiah Wedgwood <laughs> couldn't get a ticket. For that he used one. to burst into tears if anybody dropped one of his pots. Yeah, yeah, yeah precisely. Yeah. But you know, they're, hard, they're, they're made of sterner stuff in the potteries. Was my uh, conclusion. Yeah. They did well. find Fair a enough. kid, yeah. didn't they? They found, they a, found kid. a kid. No one wants to see kid. kids crying, yeah. though. That's not nice. No. That's not a kid crying. Is not a good shot. No. It was a bit better. Um, Swansea versus uh, Southampton yeah. where th- there was a couple more but you see the Welsh are more emotional uh, than the uh, I've got the wrong tea order here yeah you've got yeah. the wrong the, tea uh, order that's become yeah. Andy's <laughs> I've got the off. Japanese Paul's thank, on the peppermint yeah, thank, thank you thank you Ross what, what, what and peppermint? Hey, Paul's on the peppermint I'm on the peppermint tea, oh, like on I'm, peppermint I'm, tea. I'm on the Swallowed Genmaisha sweet that I'm you're, trying to shift or something your you know. body's a temple isn't yeah. it like Alan's I'm going to on the old fermented go on carry on they had more luck there but you know the best programme of the week was a 15 minute show on uh, Sky, oh, yeah. Sky Cricket Channel, Atherton's BFI Cricket on Film. Anybody seen that? No, no, sounds oh, good. Oh, you must watch it. It's fantastic. I watched the BFI, who have uh, got this project. The British Film Institute, of course. Is the British Film Institute. They've got this project called Britain on Film, yeah. right? So it's, I mean, I could watch anything. I, I could watch loads of archive. I just like seeing footage of London with no yellow lines. Yeah. It's, but, you know, I love watching old footage. Well, basically, they've split these, um, this Britain on Film, which is, they've done a fantastic restoration job, bits of home movies that they've got from people's attics and they've 
they've uh, divided into different sections, mm. and one is cricket on film. So uh, others went along to meet the uh, the main archive yeah. guy at the uh, at the BFI, who was brilliant. There was uh, there was a re- they were talking about how acetate, you know, or what the film is. I think it's acetate. Yeah, yeah. Nig- stock. Nig- yeah. Film, yeah. Stock. Yeah. film stock. Film mm. stock. How yeah. um, flammable it is. And oh, um, yeah. Atherton said, uh, "Yeah, like uh, Cinema Paradiso." What just went straight up, and I thought it's rare you get a sportsman That's making, a, yeah, yeah, making a reference. What to was that? Perry Grove talking about David Mamet. The dummy. It's amazing, yeah. isn't it? What a day we've had. It's like front row, yeah. wherever that is. Whatever that is, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so, so there were, some of this film is being. There's a film store at uh, in Warwickshire where they freeze the film at minus five degrees Celsius, I think, but minus five degrees. They uh, freeze the film, and you, you can get a chalk ice there as well. Uh, and the, and the, but it's great. Great footage. It's great footage to watch. (laughs) And the first cricket footage, uh, which was remarkably good, uh, was from 1897, which was just two years after the uh, after the invention of the moving image. Two years. Somebody come up with great WG Gray stuff. stuff How did he make any runs? He rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Oh, seven one seven double two. Was he all that WG Gray? He wasn't. (laughs) He was absolutely stiff as a board. He would have been hopeless these days. Well, you say that. You see, the footage that they had was of Prince (laughs) Rand. What did he say there? Playing, Playing the, the IPL, IPL. In, in those Great. clothes. Imagine the look on his face when they handed him that garish red <laughs> shirt or something. Yeah. Yeah. Mumbai Indians with the yeah. gold, with the gold on it. Yeah. Anyway, this footage, the first image of cricket, was of Prince Ranjit Sinji. Yeah. Uh, mm. Did you ever see him play, Andy? Yeah. Anyway, and he was, just, he was and a he mate. Played. I know a lot about him because Ranji, because he was, Bush he was a mate of CB, CB Fry. Oh. He gets mentioned a lot in C.B. Fry's oh. excellent book, yeah. well, I Love C.B. Fry. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, Prince Ranjit Sinji, uh, was, there was a film of him batting at the nets um, with what others describe as a wafer-thin bat. Bats mm. were very, yeah, very, yeah, yeah. very thin in those days. Um, but Atherton actually placed the cameraman. He said, the cameraman's obviously there at Silly Mid-Off because, you know, that was the, that was the angle they had. They had but to they, get But they often, if you watch Pathé News, for example, that you'll see, and they'll say, and Bedser came in from the pavilion end, and you see him running in, and then you see, like, a real close-up of the batsman that they couldn't possibly have got at the time, yeah. which they sort of right. cut in. And then, yeah. you, then you say, and he bowled him, and you just see the bloke walking back to the pavilion. They never actually got the angle. <laughs> no. well, they, but, but they were the, actually quite terrible <laughs> cameramen in the 30s, weren't they? Yeah. Before, yeah. Yeah. But the really old footage, <laughs> you know, there was, there was, that wasn't available to him. Mm. They just... Stood there with the camera at Silly Mid Off and, yeah. uh, uh, and filmed Prince Ranjit Sinji. Uh, but they had some brilliant footage. There was a, an Accrington match from the Lancashire League, mm-hmm. uh, 1902, where virtually every member of the crowd were in straw boaters. Wow. And some of them were in top hats and tails, you know, as if it was. Bet Royal, Bumble was there, wasn't he? There was footage of Bumble from the 1970s, mm. um, 71, trying out a helmet, because 71, they must have been talking at that point yeah. about, uh, you know, about helmets. When the wind is were in full flow that you know yeah precisely so you had Bumble trying on a lacrosse helmet and uh, very amusingly, um, others said he'll never get his nose in there. But, uh, but, it, but it's great. There was a, a look at life, a 965, and this oh, is just yeah, in quarter of an life. hour. Yeah. And they've got a hundred. They've got at least a hundred of these clips of cricket through the ages, and you can see them online. There's a football uh, version as well. Football there's football on film. film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you want to, if you want to see this stuff, I mean, people will because it's just fantastic stuff. Uh, there's a great, some great footage of uh, Lord Gower being uh, ferried to. Lord 
Lords in a taxi, in a oh. black cab. You see him get, getting out, and uh, it was uh, a training film, interestingly, for the Nat West, because yeah. the Nat West were obviously sponsoring oh, the yeah, trophy yeah, at yeah, the time. That's right, yeah. So they used Gower in the training film, uh, and it shows him getting his money out of his pocket, which, uh, according to, uh, and I'm only quoting others yeah. here, whoo, that's a rare shot. Yeah, They've of got, course. Uh, you with, yeah. with his hand in his pocket. <laughs> but, um, yeah, there's a bit of Alec Bedser. And so you can uh, down, take it you can just download this on the Sky Yeah, Plus you can go. It's, it's, no, got to find no not sounds... Sky. It's on BFI.org. Oh, 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 oh if, if you want the programme, it's, yeah, uh, it's program. Catch Up on Sky. Okay, Catch Up on Sky, yeah. But if you want the any more of the footage that they've got, they've got hundreds of them, BFI.org. Dot UK. Fantastic. And it's well worth it. And it's got Alex Betts' home movie footage, Ooh. which he mm. shot on the 1954 uh, tour, which was the first time they won the Ashes in Australia. Mm. You know, that was a, a mm. according to, I'm not a huge cricket fan, but according to others, that was a classic team in 54. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, time, yeah. And it's great because he picks out the, you know, you see the footage and you go, oh, it's Ken Barrington. And he, you know, he picks out who all the players are. But Brilliant. Well, well, go, definitely going to go and check that right. out. Check, check out, out, check out the programme. And really uh, what else did you watch the boxing this week? I watched the boxing. Boxing uh, documentary. Actually. Oh, okay, right. Yes. The boxing documentary. I hear it. Well, the thing about boxing is, I hear it all here on uh, Talk Sport. Of course, you're here because, overnight, uh, aren't you? I'm so. sitting here waiting yeah. to do the overnight show, so yeah. I uh, hear all sort of the huge excitement mm. uh, about the boxing. So, so um, what was the boxing documentary? Well, boxing? it was one done by. It was uh, a meeting going back to Wembley mm. uh, of Vitali Klitschko oh, yeah. and uh, Andy Joshua. Oh, yeah, yeah. Andy Joshua. Yeah, it's it, a good program. It was, good, yeah. it was Goal Hanger Films, so it was not yeah, the right, Harry yeah. Harry Lineker Productions. Tony and the guys, they but do was, good work. Yeah. They do good work, mm. and uh, you couldn't get two more articulate spokesmen for, for boxing than yeah. uh, Klitschko and uh, and Joshua. Mm. So it was, just, it, it was basically a talk about what goes through a, a boxer's mind uh, and how they uh, how they cope with all that. Um, I'm just trying to think... Uh, yeah, there was. Um, I, I wondered why it was on. I couldn't see the. Re- there was got to be a reason that it was on particularly. Yeah, I, uh, I think he's going. You know, it, the, the documentary. They did the documentary in the build-up to the fight. So I suppose it was going back afterwards. Don't you remember they made a documentary when right, Andy so Joshua just, went back yeah. to his old gym and gave a. They just, car to his old trainer, and then they talked about the build-up. I think so, time to, you know, because I thought to hmm. myself, maybe it's a tribute to the Eurovision Song Contest, because that <laughs> was in Ukraine. It was in Kiev for last year, right? And Vitaly Klitschko's Ukrainian. But even for the BBC, that's a bit of a tenuous it, link. It is a little really? bit, yeah. I just think um, people like watching Anthony Joshua and uh, a good sports documentary. I think do quite well on TV at the moment. Yeah, so, that, yeah. well, it, although it was on fairly late, ten forty-five. But mm. it was uh, never run after a hurt man. Uh, never run after a hurt fighter. He's dangerous. Yeah. Uh, which is what? Which was advice Klitschko. It was sort of like Klitschko almost giving advice, even though yeah. Joshua won the fight. So passing the sort of. Passing on the he was the passing baton. on the baton. Yeah, it was very exactly, much a passing yeah. on the baton oh, thing, good. and it was it was a, a really good. Uh, oh, he, he described the the uppercut, the very good uppercut that yeah. Joshua sort of caught him with. Um, he said, "Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. So sneaky, sneaky, sneaky." Andy Joshua said the other day, "He's an amazing guy." He said he speaks fifty languages. I thought, Doesn't no. That was in the documentary. Really? 50? No. He speaks uh, Arabic yeah. and he speaks English, obviously. It's pretty good. He's, yeah. He speaks half a dozen languages, yeah. possibly. His Ukrainian's is, not bad. His Ukrainian's great. Yeah. can get by. We have to move on. Listen to the Hawksby and Jacobs show live every Monday to Friday afternoon from 1. Broadcasting across the UK on DAB Digital Radio. Online at talksport.com or via the Talksport app. You've been telling us your stories of uh, how mm. you've uh, stitched up opposition fans, Andy. Just remind us of the one, that little story from Portugal. Yes, that, it, was, uh, it was uh, Lisbon cabbie Victor Conceição. Uh, he claims he was fined £100 for wearing a sporting Lisbon football shirt by a Benfica supporting cop. 
Yeah, you do get opportunities sometimes in life to stick it to opposition fans. Uh, window cleaners uh, seem to have a bit of a <laughs> thing a about good one. it. Yeah, go on. David, the Rangers fan said, I clean windows in the street in Glasgow. There's one house. I clean windows. When I'm cleaning windows. That's it. I clean windows in a street in Glasgow. There's uh, one house where the owner is a Celtic fan has the crest on his gates. He gets charged double what the rest of the street do. (laughs) You don't realise the fella. uh, I'm a Liverpool fan and window cleaner. I have two sets of prices. One for Manchester United fans and one for normal customers. (laughs) Says Brownie in Torquay. That's good. So there we are. Um, uh, that's the sort of thing that's going on. So tell us your stories uh, this afternoon. Talksport.com, text 81089, tweet at uh, TS Talking uh, of Torquay, our producer told me in the break there, he's just been sponsored by a local, uh, not sponsored, followed on Followed, Twitter. but not sponsored. It's slightly <laughs> different. He's got sponsored. his own sponsor, <laughs> yeah. personal sponsor. Yeah, <laughs> He's got the badge. Yeah. No, by uh, Saunders and Lingard. They're a local firm. Really? But obviously, Dean Saunders and... Uh, from Jesse Lingard, exactly. Oh, that was close. Okay, yeah, Jesse Lingard. Yeah, I can't remember his name there yeah. for some reason. I'm um, going okay, Anders Lingard. That's ridiculous. So they've become they've become <laughs> estate agents in Torquay. Have they? they have. Yeah, I think Dean would have told us, wouldn't he? I think he'd be, he be saying that I to think, Alan at some point, it. wouldn't he? Trying to sell Alan Absolutely. a house in Torquay. Do you ever have a problem? No, no, I don't. <laughs> getting your trainers on um, because. I don't. I've never had a problem getting my trainers on. I mean, occasionally it's the, you might have to open them a little bit more than you might have to work your foot into them. But Nike, no, I'm telling you, seriously. This is a Nike, big problem. Nike are developing an internal treadmill for trainers to make them easy to get on. So the inside the sole will be a kind of like a treadmill. So when you put your foot in... It moves. It'll slide and into, your foot just slides into, into, into the, the shoe. shoe. That won't come cheap, will it? I don't know. I've never had a problem What happens if you're it? walking along and it goes off? You just fall over. You just fall forward, will you? <laughs> That's not as bad as the one yesterday where this really is a sign of the apocalypse. This is, uh, you go training with your personal trainer. Oh, yeah. And he wears a vest. And on the back of his vest is a screen. So you go for a run mm. and you can watch like Game of Thrones box set if you go for a long run. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous, isn't Do it? Do the That's... marathon. You could probably get for a, a whole season of something, couldn't you? I know. It's wrong, though, isn't it? That's, you know, you don't want to be doing that. I don't think it's right. Is this this because people are so used to having them? If they go to the gym, they have a TV in front of them, they watch stuff on the telly. So they're so used to, they attribute exercise with watching the telly. Is that right? Well, that's what people like to exercise because it takes their mind mind off it. It's off road because obviously if you were on the road, it'd be a bit dangerous. Yeah, it it might be. If you're on a crossing, you're watching Game of Thrones. And it's the David Lloyd Club. Personal trainers for David Lloyd Clubs are to wear screens on their backs for customers to watch as they run. People will be able to choose a show from Netflix, iPlayer, Now TV, or Amazon Prime. Trainer will map out an off-road route tailored to the client's running pace and the length of episode of their chosen show. It's bonkers. Isn't <laughs> well, it? I suppose the other flip side of that is anything that gets people out exercising has got to be a good thing. If you've got to entice mm. them out with a bit of telly, there's something. I at mean, least they're doing some exercise. I tend to listen to Talksport when I go for a run in the morning. Yeah. So I, I like listening to Alan and the, and the newspaper thing. But sometimes it's just running without anything is quite a good thing. You like that, do you? Just, well, just looking around you. A yeah, bit of mindfulness, taking it, yeah, Just taking, taking it all in, Taking Andy. it all in, yeah, yeah sure. Do you do that now and again? Well, I do do it now and again. Not very often. <laughs> Not very often. No, that's right. I'm You're a big fan of the breakfast You've got Alan going, morning! <laughs> that's why I like at that. that point, yeah. <laughs> um, this comes from Ryan. He says, I'm, a, I'm an Arsenal supporting painter and decorator, and I once painted a Spurs fan's front room uh, under some filler. I, I filled uh, <laughs> a fairly sizable hole with an Arsenal key ring, and it's now forever embedded in his wall. That's nice. So, yeah, these are the little victories out there from uh, fans sticking it to the opposition. Uh, Being a handyman and Spurs fan, uh, a mate of mine asked me to pressure wash his patio. After a day of abuse, 
I pressure washed Spurs forever into his patio and he paid me without checking. <laughs> Fantastic. I haven't been asked to do it since. Top work. Thank you very much for that one. This is a classic here from Dayan Loveran of uh, Liverpool. He's a handyman Hardy, calls himself. Oh, OK. Yeah. He's aimed a dig at Liverpool's rivals by claiming money cannot buy success. He says, uh, Loveran 28 said, they're a team spending a lot of money, but it's not about money. It's about your teammates. You mean your teammate that costs 75 million that's made you look a lot better? <laughs> Honestly, these blokes are unbelievable, aren't they? Yeah. Brilliant quote, that. Um, anything else? Have we got anything else for you at the moment, Andy? Oh, yeah, I've always got... I've got Short uh, man syndrome. You want to know about that? Oh, well, I, he, he <laughs> do got, I want to know about it? Skin in or the game on do that I, I think I know about short man syndrome. Well, this is... Short man syndrome really does exist. Yeah, researchers say uh, they found smaller blokes were more aggressive in money-sharing tests as long as there were no repercussions. <laughs> yeah. But when threatened with fallout, their, aggressive, their aggression levels were the same as taller men. Scientists in Holland's... Uh, a university mm. in Holland, uh, Holland, Holland. Um, so <laughs> well, that's, if it, that's a ridiculous survey, of course. Yeah, you're, you're as a small man, you're quite aggressive when things are going. Mm. And then when it turns ugly and, and it looks like a big bloke's going to thump you, yes, not surprising that the small bloke becomes less aggressive at yeah. that point. Well, that's what they're doing in Holland at the moment. <laughs> uh, uh, One of the other t- things they could hey, be doing. Here's a quick T20 birthday spread for you. Mm. Okay, I, right. I like this one. T20 birthday T20. spread. This is the shortened version of the much loved game. <laughs> I don't know who uh, loved it, but anyway, much loved game that we used to play every day. Oh, yeah. And uh, You loved it anyway. Well, I did, yeah. Well, I didn't actually because I had to write it every day. It was terrible. It was really difficult. Okay. <laughs> anyway, it's much easier coming out with one. And it is... Oh, all right. It's Professor Chris Ham, uh, Chief Executive of the King's Fund. I don't know exactly what that is. Okay. Uh, Professor Chris Ham. Chris Ham. Chris Ham. Well, yeah, he's just sold his house, actually. Uh, his family home for quite a lot of money. And he's just renting a government one for ridiculously low rent. But he's not happy with any of the fittings in there. Yeah. He's moaning like mad. Is that right? Yeah, Chris Ham. Chris. You might get the idea there. Chris Ham. Okay. Um... John's looking so confused. I, I, actually, I'm a bit confused. West Ham. Oh, West Ham. I Sold his house, the family house. Oh, yeah, Chris. Living in a government one for less money. Not happy See, with it. See, if his name was Wes Ham. <laughs> Wes Ham. It should have been. If he was Wesley Ham. Only it was. <laughs> Chris Ham. I, I think a lot of us, were, we were all looking at each other, the listeners. <laughs> Um, so, I'm so sorry. Dear Chris, would you mind changing your name to Wes yeah. for this time next year? Only cost so I can make that quid joke on work. Poll, that's right. <laughs> can you call yourself Wes? Um, 71. Mm. Oh, 67. I oh, okay. to say I only wanted to do the game. Yeah, I just wanted to do the game. I'm quite disappointed, though. The I'm quite worried, actually. The Sun's £9 holidays, you know, the one you always wanted me to go on. I've always on. wanted you to go on one. I want to film it for a documentary. I don't know. They've gone up to 15 quid. They're a bit pricey for me now. Well, it's priced you out of the market, has <laughs> it now? So. I'd like, I'd quite, quite, I think I'd probably You're going to want Sandy it. Lane for 15 quid, aren't you? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> if I was going to open a caravan site, I would call one Sandy Lane, definitely. It would be great. Wouldn't it be very tempting? Yeah, it would be tempting. Now, um, Anon says, I'm in the building trade, and if I supply goods to a builder wearing any of the South London clobber, they are subject to a 10% AFC tax. <laughs> right, you're a South London club, for goodness sake. Hawksby and Jacobs Weekly from Talk Sport. Um, and then in Neighbours, there was a bit of sport <coughs> oh, involved. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, three Leeds rugby league players were at the bar at Lasseter's. Well, uh, Ryan Hall, Callum Watkins, and Stevie Ward. Right. Uh, it was a bit of a strange one, really, <clears> because <throat> Paul Robinson went. Golly, look at these blags from Leeds Rugby League Club. He's so he recognised them, didn't he? Yeah, he sort of recognised me. Would you? And then he sort of he said, oh, I'm, I'm a big fan of you. I'd love to sponsor you. 
So, you know, and that was it. That they was should have got Steve on. They should have flown him in from Brisbane, shouldn't they? And got <laughs> Steve on with him. That would have been good. <laughs> it would have been good, yeah. Mm. And uh, blueberries apparently improve oh, yeah. your short term memory. Well, I eat them every day, and I can tell you they don't work. Well, doesn't work. It's funny you should say that, because <laughs> I've heard blue, blueberries improve your short term memory. <laughs> And, so uh, take, well, you take that on board. Talking of that, I do hope uh, Richard... And what's more, Blueberry... No, that's all right, we'll leave <laughs> I it. I do there. hope Richard Foster, uh, author of the uh, Playoff yeah. book, uh, wasn't <laughs> listening yesterday during Don't Ask Me. I did feel quite bad last yeah. night. Yeah. How many times have we interviewed him? I couldn't remember He comes in name. every year. Somebody comes on twice a year. And <laughs> you called him... You called him brilliant. David what? You called him... I can't remember David what you Weatherall, called. I called David him. Weatherall, you called him. Which is <laughs> From a lead centre. Completely <laughs> different. That's and right. And Pope Francis... Is he coming in? No, not really. Pope Francis... quite a booking. Isn't it? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, they, they do get some good names now and again, but that That's, would be pushing. That would be a it, good booking, really. Yeah. Jim, be good for Jim. You know, if you got him with Bob Mills and Pope Francis, that way, yeah, what, what a lineup that would be great. <laughs> that extra, that term, standing Mickey Gray down, him, he wouldn't be pleased though, would he? Sorry, Mick, we got Pope Francis. Uh, well, that's not good enough. Yeah. Anyway, the Pope, eighty-one, has sold his mm. other Pope mobile. It's a two hundred. He doesn't personally sell them. He doesn't put them on. <laughs> I don't know. An auto trader, does he? <laughs> Lamborghini Huracan, six hundred and fifteen grand. Lamborghini. Why would he have a car called Huracan when he's a San Lorenzo fan? <laughs> exactly. It's not good, is it? No, the Lamborghini, six hundred and fifteen grand. I was thinking, is that Nick Pope? Surely the Pope hasn't got a six hundred and fifteen grand car, and he's. Does it come? Is it company cars? It come with a job? Because <laughs> no. people think it's just that the the, the, the bulletproof thing, which is yeah. very tall, isn't it? it looks yeah. like an ice cream the van that, that they yeah, that sure. he waves from. But yeah. They don't tell you about the Lamborghini it comes with, <laughs> does it? it? Doesn't they? No. And uh, Leo Di- DiCaprio, the actor, not the plumber, <laughs> not the plumber, yeah. yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio, he has a, a, a tattoo. He had a sort of wager. Yeah. Oh no, Tom Hardy has the tattoo. Oh, okay, right. Tom Hardy Sorry, has Tom the Hardy tattoo. Has the where tattoo. does Leo DiCaprio fit in all this? Well, because they had a bet about the Oscars, and wow. uh, Tom lost, and so uh, he had a, a tattoo that says "Leo knows all." Right. I'm having a Neil Ashton one done. If he goes to yeah, yeah you can have that goes done. To so I heard it first. Watch <laughs> goes to Chelsea. Andy is having the Neil Ashton knows all with Neil's face on it on the top of his arm. I'm probably going right. to have to. <laughs> Well, you know, for, well, I've heard madder things, but not many. I, I, I find I it unlikely. I can't see it. I I've, can't. You know, first <clears> of all, I just don't think he'd want to go there. I mean, yeah. why would he want to go to Chelsea? He's got a great gig. You know, I think all this chat, is it's just about putting pressure, is my view, yeah. on putting pressure on Daniel Levy, basically. I, I, you, know, you seem to think his, he hasn't got people, Andy. He doesn't Every, have all, people. They've all got people. He hasn't got people. He's, he no has man, no agents. No, it doesn't matter. He's I don't think people. I do not think, wherever this is coming from, I do not think Maurizio Pochettino is briefing the national press Press, press, but, press, you, but national he's press, a very smart to cookie, put pressure. Right? He's a very smart bloke, and he knows if he says things like the things he said about Tottenham, oh, it might not be me. Yeah. Oh, it could be me, but it might not be me. And all this stuff that he's saying, he's not stupid. He knows that is designed yeah. to put pressure on Daniel Levy to do the transfer business quickly, get the players sold that he wants sold, get in the new players and, and renew but the can challenge. Can you honestly see him on the, like Sunday night, he gets back and he thinks he'll make a few a few phone calls to Fleet Street. Can you see that going on? No, Seriously? you don't have to do that though, can you? You can just say, well, you know, a lot of the clubs oh. are interested in me. I've had, you know, Chelsea sort of interested. I think, well... I, I wouldn't say that, no, I, I'd imagine Chelsea would be I interested. think from from what he said on uh, Sunday, obviously, you, you, can, you can look at that and put two and two together and make whatever you like. So I think it's just moved on. I mean, of course Chelsea would be interested in. Why wouldn't they be? No, of course He's been very successful 
uh, on a budget and he likes to play young players. Yes, it's perfect for Chelsea, but they've got to find their own one. They've got to find yeah. their own Pochettino, not nick somebody else's Pochettino, which is never going to work. football works, though, is it really? No, but it's it's weak. The Southampton fans poor, sitting there they? thinking, yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, what Andy said. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm hiring the TalkSport bus. Oh, yeah. Yes, to celebrate my win in the Fools Panel. Oh, congratulations. You won the Fools Panel yeah, by I'm, one point, didn't you, Andy? That's right. I'm going to drive from, around. Was that from the celebrities? Central London. Was that yes, from the I, celebrities? I beat the celebs. Well, Come we've organised an open-top bus, and the great thing about it is you're going to get a, you're going to get a tour of Central London with a guide <laughs> when you go on it as well. And you may have to share it with a few <laughs> yeah, Italian absolutely. and uh, Japanese tourists. That's the only thing. But <laughs> yeah, many congratulations to Andy Jacobs. <laughs> the winner of the Fools Panel, second was the celebs. Now, I was mid-table mediocrity, third. Yeah. TalkSport listeners, fourth. And a sad day for the pros. Hmm. We finished rock bottom, didn't yeah. we? Rock bottom. Rock bottom. Rock, rock good, bottom of the uh, table. I've got a very good... Have you seen all this controversy about Frey Bentos uh, tin pies that people can't open them? I haven't seen so, that. Yeah, no. there's been a big thing about it. Now people... There was this article yesterday in the paper. Now people are writing to the papers. But I love this one from Peter Gale. It's a waste of ink to the sun. He said... How can anyone struggle to open a Frey Bentos pie? Just do as my 47-year-old son did. He came home one night, the worst for wear, put it straight in the oven, fell asleep, and boom! <laughs> it came off along with the cooker door and painted the ceiling with steak and kidney pie. 47, <laughs> the bloke. 47-year-old <laughs> son. Why is he still living at home? <laughs> got to stand on your own two feet at some time, <laughs> that bloke's son. <laughs> it's a good story. So anyway... Yeah. Um, he's got in his last year at university that's what it is yeah. and once he's uh, finished that last year he's off <laughs> so something else that passed me by apart from Frey oh, Bentos yeah. um, and their exploding pies or mm. they're not exploding if you're from Frey Bentos not one, this one did but the bloke cooked it wrong I don't want to be sued by Frey <laughs> Bentos not allowed to go back or it's ever go Uruguay, to Argentina Frey, Frey oh, is Uruguay Brentos Frey, Frey Brentos Frey Brentos Frey um, Bentos is, in, is a place I know in yeah. Uruguay yeah, okay subscribe to the Hawksby and Jacobs weekly podcast today and get all the highlights of the week delivered direct to you every Thursday. So there we are. Uh, that was the uh, best of the week and uh, we do hope you enjoyed it. Uh, including, of course, do you want to go back over what they've just listened to <laughs> no, it's fine. in any great detail? <laughs> no, it's fine. Nothing, that's enough. <laughs> okay, so we'll do this every Thursday and we'll give you a fresh uh, batch from the week. So thanks for downloading us as always. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.